Welcome to Engage Your Tribe, a podcast about the art and science of audience engagement. I'm Jeremy Sheeran. My guest is Stacy Wisniewski, Senior Director of Marketing at After Inc. Stacy, it's great to have you on the program. Thank you. I appreciate it. It's great to be here. So let's start out by having you tell us about a memorable marketing moment from your career. It can be something that happened recently or something back in the day, but it's something that's really stuck with you. Yeah, so I think one of the most memorable moments for me was something, it's always something unexpected, right? So I had my own company. I, I ran a marketing agency for about four years in the DC area called Wiz Advisors. It's still around. And I was, you know, taking some time off, going through LinkedIn, doing all that stuff. And I got a message that popped up. And this is four years ago. So before COVID, before everybody was on LinkedIn, right? And so you weren't getting as many messages. So you tended to probably, you know, look at more than you do today. So long story short, it came up and it was a DM and it said, Hey, you know, my name's Vinesh and I looked at your website and I looked at your LinkedIn and I love what you do. You do a lot of inbound marketing. You know, have you ever considered outbound? Random, right? Just like totally out there today. Obviously we get so many, but back then, you know, I was a one person agency. I had thought, and I had actually thought in my head, I wish I was doing outbound too, but I just don't have the capacity. Mm. So we started chatting. He was super humble and turns out was comes from a small town in Mumbai. So like just was doing, you know, basically reaching out himself and didn't like the way that they did outbound marketing in India because a lot of times it's just a dial for dollars. They're not really giving you sort of the high quality. So bottom line, after chatting, he just seemed so trustworthy that I gave him an opportunity. So he worked for me and ended up joining the firm, working for me for three years. And now that I'm in my own company, he actually manages my business. So some of those things, you know, don't work out. It's like going to a bar and meeting someone you just never know. <laughs> right. But I looked out and I love the fact that he's from a small town in Mumbai and you would mm -hmm. never know it because anytime we were on with clients, whether it was five o'clock our time, which is probably 3 AM in India, he was there wide eyed and, you know, providing value. So that, that was kind of a fun, interesting moment that, that I could think of recently in my career. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's really cool. It's such a great story. It really speaks to the the power of LinkedIn or just the internet, right? Just able to connect with people anywhere. It's incredible. And someone who otherwise you never would have met. Right? Never. There's no way. Nope. Nope. And you know, it's neat too, because he just comments all the time on what an amazing opportunity I've provided him. Right. Mm -hmm. And I don't think, you know, obviously if he wasn't adding value, it wouldn't, it would never have lasted this long, but you know, I think that it's right place, right time. Right. And that's why marketing mm -hmm. in different channels is so important because, you know, it, it just was the right place, right time. I wasn't busy. I, yeah. you know, I had been thinking that I needed that, you know, but never talked to really anyone about it. So, so anyway. So, I yeah, I mean, win for you, big win for him. He, all it took, he reached out, he took a little bit of a chance, right? A little, little put himself very, out there and very poised and also you know what what we always suggest people do right is do your research look at what they've written look at their right. website look at this and and try to provide something that you think might add value 
uh, yeah. and you never know. Yeah, great story. Thank you for sharing that. So, okay. Now, what I want to talk to you about today in this episode is ebooks. Because when we chatted last time, when we were just getting to know each other, yep. we talked about a few different topics that we could talk about on the show. And you have a lot of passions, a lot of interest. Maybe. But it became pretty clear that ebooks are really right at the top of the list. And that really struck me because, you know, everyone knows what an ebook is, right? We've all seen them. It's kind of been a staple of content marketing for a while. Yeah. But I think in some way, it's kind of easy to get the impression that ebooks are maybe like a little old fashioned, mm -hmm. you know? Uh, now it's all about video and whatever, like the newest, latest, greatest mm -hmm. thing. But ebooks are certainly still around. And so let me just put it to you ebooks, are they out of date or are they still relevant in today's yeah. marketing landscape? You know, honestly, I think they're massively still relevant. And, you know, I come from a B2B world, right? So for me, um, content, when I started my agency four years ago, content was a big, was a big thing. And actually how I met after was I wrote one of their first ebooks, right? And that was, you know, about three, four years ago. And, you know, content when it's written well, and it's engaging is obviously, you know, hugely valuable. I read a statistic last night, recently just launched Demand Gen. They're like a big kind of online marketing place and they were, they do studies and stuff. And it's basically white papers, webinars, podcasts are all hugely and case studies, right? Like they don't go away. Like those mm -hmm. things are, are really important for thought leadership. And, yeah. you know, I think that the reason why ebooks work so well is that a couple things. One, they're long form. And you, if you're in the mode to sit and do some research and you really want to understand how something might solve your pain point or just gain learning and education, you know, ebooks can, can do a lot with that. And the reason why the E is there, right, is because unlike the old school white papers and things like that. And one of the best practices that I always have is, you know, linking to other thought leaders in the space, right? That sort of support what you're talking about, but the E allows, allows you to have those links, right? So people are going and they're reading what you wrote and you're linking to other thought leaders in the space, right? So it's kind of like helping them build an understanding and an education around, okay, you know, they understand, they, they know what they're doing, right? Mm -hmm. And so they're not dead. I mean, every day we have, and we're, you know, After is not a huge company, but because of the eBooks that we've written, uh, and now we have kind of a stable of eBooks, but we're, we're writing new ones because we're branching out in other areas, right? And, and we need to be thought leaders in those areas as well. But I get five to six pings a day on people downloading ebooks and they're not our most recent ones, right? They're, mm. they're evergreen ebooks. Like when we wrote last year on zero party data, huge, it's still a huge issue and a huge interest for people with cookies going away and things like that. And how registering your products and services and gaining that access to the, to the customer is so important for gaining that first, first party and zero party data. So, you know, bottom line, we find them still really relevant. And the second thing I would say is ebooks have the, the great ability of being cut up in various different, different ways, right? So, so for example, right now I'm writing an ebook, but I started with a blog. 
So I wrote our first half of it because I was like, you know what? We need to get something out. Let's just, I don't have the whole thing written, but I've got a chunk of it written, right? So mm-hmm. let's just launch that as a blog, right? I know I'm going to write the second chunk. I may write a third chunk. I'm not sure, but you can do that and then you can put it into an ebook. And then, you know, looking at it the other way, you can write an ebook, right? And then you can put it in different blogs because let's say people don't have time to read an ebook or they don't want to read an ebook. They might want to read a blog on your website. They might want to read, they might go to a third party site. And the third party site may be like, oh, I love the ebook, but it's probably better. Can you just put it into an article? Okay. Mm-hmm. We'll put it into an article. We'll take out any mention of ourselves, right? And we'll just make it an educational article on your website. Perfect. Same ebook, right? And what we like to do is create, you know, we have a great creative director and um, there may be graphs and things that we found on other websites that are relevant and we'll create them in our own template and in our own form and make them look really jazzy, right? And you always have to include graphs and tables and quotes and things that can sort of separate it out so that it's not just like this this horrible thing. But what that does too is on places like Instagram, right? Where it's all pictures. You can just post a picture of, of a table or a graph or a something that you wrote and, and then link to it right down below because, you know, Instagram's become such a big popular place for not only direct to consumer, but B2B. So yeah. So I, mm-hmm. I just believe strongly in in the power of eBooks to, to engage customers in whatever channel they want to, they want to look at it in. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, by the way, I totally forgot to ask you to tell us a little bit about after the company that that you work for. So you mentioned, you mentioned after a couple of times and I know you, you produce eBooks for after. So we'll get back to the ebook in a second. Just tell our listeners what is after, what are you guys all about? Yeah. So I love this company. They were one of my first customers with Wiz Advisors like over three years ago and kept we, we kept our, our relationship through COVID, through all of that. And at the time, they were purely a warranty services company, but their customers were all the biggest manufacturers in the world, right? So for a small company to have Ford and Toro and Husqvarna and John Deere and like you name it, they were doing the warranty programs for all of these folks, right? And helping them transform their aftermarket businesses. So what after realized or what the CEO, Nate Baldwin realized several, several years ago was the market's changing. And at some point they're going to, you know, folks are going to go direct and they're going to want warranty solutions for their online marketplaces and things like that. And they're going to want aftermarket services that allow them to get closer to their customers that are lower cost, SaaS based, you know, basically taking all the learnings and all the great technology that we customized and built for these major, major manufacturers and allowing small retailers or large, but ones who are on the internet. So internet-based retailers and and manufacturers and all of that to utilize SaaS-based warranty solutions that, that really go the whole the whole way around the post-sale lifecycle from registration. We have something called quick rich to, you know, selling extern- extended warranties, quick cover to pr- providing the claims, right? Quick claim. And then we have quick, quick renew, which is really more of a subscription service. So if you have a product that 
like let's say it's a printer and you want to continue to send paper, continue to send toner, we have something called Quick Renew that the customer can sign up for and then they'll get that cadence delivered to them, which is obviously, you know, added value for, for our clients. And then finally, and most importantly, Quick Insight, which is what the custom, what the company was really built on, which was, was its analytics. So it came from, it was built out of a company called Fulcrum Analytics years ago. Mm -hmm. And so it, they are very analytical, super duper smart data scientists, right? But the important thing is, is that a lot of these retailers and manufacturers didn't have access to various data sets and predictive modeling and things like that. And now they can with Quick Insight. So you can attach mm -hmm. Quick Insight, you can upload your database. You don't even have to have any of our other products and we'll add the, the 12 most important behavioral variables to your data set. And then, can, you know, you can continue every month to, to upload and it's just a monthly fee, right? I mean, that wasn't available before now. So mm -hmm. it's exciting, but two completely and totally different target markets, right? Mm -hmm. And one is a strategic sale that lasts 12 months and involves multiple players and then really a SaaS sort of, direct-to-consumer, you know, where you've got an extension on Shopify and Magento and all that. So it's it's two very different markets. And I have the extraordinary opportunity to manage both sides. And just I'm learning a ton and we're bringing in a bunch of SaaS people to really help us jumpstart that side of our business. Mm -hmm. Okay. Very, very cool. I mean, that's a whole other topic we could talk about, sort of managing two different audiences, you know, two yeah. markets. But, yeah. but. I mean, certainly related to eBooks, right? So what are some examples of eBooks that you produce for those various audiences? Yeah, absolutely. So I'll start with one that we produced that was highly successful last year. So we wrote, I wrote an eBook on warning risk management. And warning risk management is one of those topics that's super technical, right? It's really all about, you know, developing the right, forecasting for your claim, you know, your cost per unit, your claims that are going to come in, all of this stuff. And we have a pioneer, a veteran who is on our staff who literally, you know, could write the course on warning risk management. And so he and I met over several interviews. I downloaded all the stuff that was in his brain, right? And I created this ebook called Warning Risk Management 101. And so created the ebook, then we put it into four different parts and we did, cause it was kind of like chapter ish. So we did four different chapters on the website. You can actually see it today and then had the ebook and we did a number of things with it. We did an ebook. We did an email campaign with a link to the ebook. We did a landing page on our website and ran social posts as well as some, some LinkedIn ads to it. We, we did, you know, we broke it down to different social posts and, and put it, you know, across all of our, our different places. So it, you know, it really kind of ran the gamut as far as like what we were able to do with it, even created a video, um, just for the ebook. Right. And we, and we used do it yourself tools like Canva, you know, mm -hmm. and Powtoon, which is another one that I love. Mm -hmm. And just, you know, just to do it yourself kind of stuff, but created a great video on LinkedIn that got some really great engagement. And so that ebook, God, I wish, I wish I could tell you how much it drove in pipeline revenue, but in the millions, in the millions of pipeline revenue, just from mm -hmm. that one ebook. And so, and that's really our warning solution side, right? That's the side that's mm -hmm. very technical. That's, that's, you know, warning solutions. Mm -hmm. And then Right now, I'm writing an ebook on protection plans, but more to the e-tailer. 
So more to the, the market that we're, that we're trying to go after on the South side and talking about how offering protection plans can be a great way to differentiate yourself. So, you know, people, people, you know, see that you're offering an extended warranty. They may not purchase it at first, but you can offer it to them again after they, after they purchase. And once they get their product and they see how great it is and how they don't want, especially now with supply chain issues and high inflation and all this other stuff, you know, maybe they, maybe they might want to put a protection plan on their product, but it shows that you care about the customer experience. It shows that you're a brand that they can trust. And mm-hmm. once they do have a claim, if you have the right vendor, then they'll have a super positive experience. I think there's like a stat that says people that file a claim and have a positive experience, which, you know, all of our clients do drives like 80% higher um, customer loyalty. Like it's, Mm -hmm. it's a significant amount. Right. And so, and what you're noticing these days is that customers actually want them more because of all of the things that are happening. It's the whole digital marketplace, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you're buying it digitally. You're not really seeing what it looks like. You don't know what's going to happen when it arrives because of, you know, the issues with the mail and like all of, you know, fulfillment. And then when you get it, you're like, oh my God, I spent so much money on this. Or you may not have even spent that much money, but it, it's important to you to have it continue to work like your cell Mm -hmm. phone or your whatever, your headphones, your, you know, your drone, like whatever. And so your e-bike, you know, just got a, something on our website from, from that. And, you know, what I know, we have a CRM, we have, we use HubSpot. So we're able to really kind of see where people are going and what they're looking at across our website, you know, before Mm -hmm. they, before they reach out. And because we have all that content on our website, I think they're, you know, they're reaching out with very Mm -hmm. specific asks, you know, it's Mm -hmm. not just like, Hey, want to join your, you know, want to join your community. It's more like, I want to do this and can do you guys mm-hmm. have a solution, you know? So yeah. we're seeing a lot more of that. Okay. Great example. So take it's, it's, I've never written an ebook myself, but it's, it sounds like, you know, it can be a pretty involved process, right? It's more than just a blog post. It's like, you know, multiple pages and chapters and parts and all that stuff. So give me kind of an overview of like, when you're starting an ebook project, how do you start and then kind of take us through the production process and like starting from how do you even know what topic to write about? And then once you found that, how do you actually go about doing it in a way that's efficient and that's going to, and then you're going to come out the other side with a high quality product. Well, and you know, I think that it all depends obviously on what industry you're in and whether or not you're inside a company or you are an agency, you know, but you really, obviously you're focusing on whatever product and service that you sell and all the, like what really works is trends. You know, what are the latest trends in your industry? What are some of the challenges that people are facing? And then, you know, it's not, but it's not salesy. So what we tend to do in our business is, for example, you know, we're starting, we're looking, you know, we're, we're building up the SaaS side of our business. So there are certain target markets that we have. And so what we'll do is say, we want to go after the e-tailers or we want to look at online manufacturers, or we want to look at call them TPAs or third-party administrators, like whatever your target market is. Right. And then what are some of the trends that are affecting that market? 
market? And what are some of the challenges people are facing? So it's knowing who your target market is, knowing what the challenges are that they're facing, and knowing how your solution can help that. So typically, that's how we find, you know, figure out what we want to write about, right? Mm -hmm. And then, because like, for example, this latest one that I was doing on on e-tailers, it's, you know, they're having a tough time. I mean, since everything moved online, right? Digitally native brands, DNDs, are growing at like 3x the, the, the growth rate of folks who had brick and mortar or established brands that moved online because they grew up in this whole world where everything was digital, everything had data and analytics behind it, everything. So they know their customers. They're very targeted. They know what they want. They know what their motivations are to purchase, you know, and they're constantly looking at all of those metrics, right? So it put folks who were kind of used to being in a more retail environment, perhaps, you know, feeling behind the eight ball, right? But they're catching up. It's just, and if you have a solid brand and you don't have to worry about it, you'll catch up. But the point is, is it, it caused a lot of sort of disruption in the market. And so my whole point about protection plans to these e-tailers is, hey, you know, you're trying to differentiate yourself, right? It's hard out there. You know, there's a lot of things that people are, are trying to sell. You, you know, you are, you want to have your cart, right? Abandoned carts. So you have to have, if you have a protection plan, you want to have something that is like a one click and you're done because nobody wants their, their shopping cart to be disrupted, right? Because then that's one other thing that people have to do before they purchase. So it's knowing that it's knowing discounts, like people want discounts, especially the millennials, right? Like, and, and Gen Z, they're all about, you know, discounts and sales and things like that. So it's understanding not only your target market, but what's happening with your customers and what their challenges are, right? And so it's writing about those challenges and then sort of, you know, making the relevant case that, hey, you know, what we offer is something that can actually solve a lot of those challenges. Right. And so that that's something like from a from a company perspective. But like when I was in an in an agency and I actually wrote something that's still up about white papers. It was back in the day where white papers similar to ebooks. Right. But but they call them white papers and they weren't as digitally sort of savvy and creative and all of that. But anyway. So I, I wrote stuff there too, but I know I'm going off topic. So no, no, to that's okay. So how much research do you do when you're planning the, when you're planning an ebook? It depends on how much I already know about the subject, and you know. So for example, I had a client back when I had my own agency in the Amazon space, and I was writing an ebook that I didn't really know all the everything about the industry. So it, it required me to really get to know the industry before I wrote it. So, you know, like I would say, it depends, right? I think since I've been writing eBooks for a while now for after, I understand, you know, I understand the industry better and I'm writing it. But a lot of times, you know, you're coming in and you know that you want to write about a subject, but you don't necessarily have the background. Mm -hmm. I would say research is absolutely important because then you can do, you can provide sort of those links. Then you can build that story based on data and recent data, relevant data that your customers are going to want to want to see. And yeah. so, and what kind of research are you doing? Where are you getting the data? 
I am the queen of internet research. So I would, I basically try to find out all the key players in the space. You know, obviously we have our own stuff that we can link to and we have our own recommendations that we can provide, but it's, it's looking at all aspects of the industry and who, who might have really great research that you can do and who would have research that your customers, your clients would say, Oh, well, they said it. That means something like, McKinsey, right? McKinsey said something or PwC said something or Gartner, you know, said something or Forrester said something like major research companies as well as influencers. You know, it depends on what market you're in and, and, and stuff. But if some key influencer said something, then that's probably pretty valuable mm -hmm. too. And then in our space, you know, there's various different magazines that are out there like Warranty Week is a big one online. We have a relationship with Eric Arnhem with Warranty Week. And so, you know, maybe linking to some of the articles there since we know our customers go there. So it's, it's research, you know, kind of in two ways, right? It's research that kind of helps you understand the industry and helps you build your case, but then also research from probably relevant places on the internet where your, your clients might go and they'll go, oh, okay, they got it from, Warning week. I trust warning week, you know, mm -hmm. so that's probably a good, a good place to go. Mm -hmm. So now you just mentioned, use the phrase making your case. So mm -hmm. to, in, in the eBooks that you write, are you, do you kind of have like a thesis that you're supporting? Like, are you making an argument? Like, here's how we see things and here's why, or uh, is it more of like a description of what's happening without necessarily taking a stand on it or does it just depend on the case by case? Yeah, it depends. I think more often than not, I'm trying to take an industry topic and I'm doing the research, but I probably have my own opinions as well, but I go out and I try to find research that either supports my, my, my hypothesis or it doesn't. And then I, I turn it into, well, you probably thought this, but guess what? That's not right because these guys say this, right? And I can turn my own hypotheses on their heads, right? So, you know, but but yes, I definitely think that taking a stand, but taking a stand because you know you have the research to back it up. Okay. So it sounds to me like a really good ebook will provide value in a few different ways. Tell me if I tell me if you agree. One is that it, it, it can take it can take a, a view of a trend or trends and and present it in a new light. Yep. And say, here's some here, here's the way that people have been thinking about this. Here's a new way of thinking about mm -hmm. this. Or the, the the data seem to show that actually this is the case and that's mm -hmm. not the case. So one, it's bringing in new and fresh insights to a topic. Absolutely. And and, and, and I just want to say one thing on that. Yeah. 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 If, if I can't bring a unique insight then I rewrite it. And that's actually what happened with our recent white paper was I had the chunk, I had a whole white paper written. And then the second half, I was like, you know what? That's like what everybody's saying, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's no, that's no new insight for our clients. And they can go to our competitors and read the same article. So I don't want that, right? I want after to have a unique stance. And so, so I'm rewriting it because mm -hmm. I, I just didn't like the way that, that that showed because I care about how we're viewed in the marketplace, right? Because we do provide high quality and, and high value and the ebook should represent that. 
Okay. So, so that sounds key. I mean, it seems like a successful ebook has to do that on at least to some degree, not just repeating the, no. the same thing everybody else is saying or some things right. that are kind of obvious. And, and maybe you sense. are repeating things, but you're taking them from a bunch of different places and then making an argument based on all of those things. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 Okay. Right. So this is stuff that is out there. I mean, anyone could find it, but you're taking the time to bring it all together and saying, here's what it all seems to add up to yeah. in a way that maybe we haven't thought about it that way. Yeah. Before. And just okay. educating, educating people on, yeah. on what's the latest and greatest. So you like know? synthesizing information and then making a, an argument out of coming out of that synthesis. So, yeah. okay. okay. Now, I mean, it seems also like an important element is of, of, of a good ebook is the design, you know, just oh, literally yeah. what it looks like. And so say say a little bit about that, right? I mean, you can have the coolest information in the world and make a really good argument, but if it's hard to follow or it doesn't look good, that's going to really undermine the value, right? So like, what are the, what are some basic tenets of ebook design that you find work really well? Right. So one of the things I would say is I've just found in my career that typically the people who are the good writers, are the good strategists, and I'm putting myself in that, are not necessarily the best designers, right? <laughs> so it's important that an ebook have high quality written and high quality design, especially nowadays when it's hard to get people's attention. And the cover of your ebook is important because that's usually what you'll use for an ad or for a whatever. And you want it to stand out and you want it to represent what you're talking about. But at the same time, have people go, oh, wow, look at that, right? So definitely the cover, I think, is important. And we work on that a lot before we launch an, an ebook. Um, inside, I think it's important that you use the same fonts, the same colors, the same everything that your brand stands for, right? Because you're, this is your brand. I think it's always important to have your logo on every page, whether it's the top right or the bottom right or whatever, small, right? Because here's the thing about eBooks. You're not trying to sell people your services. You're trying to educate them. But there's this kind of under the radar sort of, but I want you to know it was us, right? So sure. it's like, yeah. right. So you've got like your little logo. Maybe you even have your website in the middle, you know, and the, and the page number on the left or, or whatever. Mm -hmm. But it's so... They're spinning through it and then, and then they've got it. And then, like I said before, graphs and charts and quotes and things like that running through the ebook so that people, because mm -hmm. people learn in different ways, right? They may skim the ebook and then get to a chart and go, wow, I love that chart. And they'll download the ebook because they want to show the chart to somebody, right? Or, you know, what, and then, and then, as I mentioned about using the ebook in different ways on different media, you want to have good design within the ebook so that you can use that, those images to drive people to want to download the whole thing by looking at one image on Instagram or on Facebook or, or, you know, on LinkedIn. So yes, I think, I think, you know, it used to be that you wrote a white paper and it didn't have any, you know, whatever images and nothing. Right. But nowadays I think, design ha is important. It's, it's very, mm -hmm. very important to, to draw attention and, and get people kind of brought into what you're having. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I'm, I'm with you. I'm, I'm a trained writer, but not a designer. 
you know, and, and so I know it's important, but I wouldn't trust myself to design the thing. Yeah. So, I mean, w one takeaway that I'm getting there is work with a designer, work with a designer, yeah. a professional designer. Don't just kind of yeah. wing it. Right. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I mean, if, if you really want your ebook to stand out and, and to have, you know, get the, the awareness that you want it to, on uh, the sharing and the whole thing, then, yeah. then designs, it's an important factor and it's, it's gotten more important through the pandemic with sure. sort of the need for, you know, the, the lack of attention for people, you know, they're like, ah, and, and yeah. so you want that. And then one thing we haven't talked about too, is the introduction, like the first paragraph. Mm -hmm. You've got to have a first paragraph that kind of brings them in, wants them to read more, right? And my style is a very sort of colloquial style, like we were just talking, right? And I think that that's, that's a good way to go because people, people want to get brought in, right? So you want to have a good cover. You want to have a good first paragraph. You want to have an outline that sort of they can look at the table of contents and know what's in there. And they may not read it right away. They may just download it and print it out, which I do all the time, right? And like, we're going to go on a, we're driving for a couple hours tomorrow. And I'm probably printing out three or four different eBooks that I mm -hmm. haven't had the chance to read. So, mm -hmm. yeah. so right. So, I mean, I, I've been thinking about this a lot when it comes to specifically podcasts, but it would apply to, I think, to any B2B content. You know, to what extent does it need to be entertaining? Very, uh, you, you know, I mean, but it's an interesting question because it people aren't downloading an ebook just for fun, obviously, right? Mm -hmm. It's not they like a beach, it's not a beach read. Like, there's a very practical purpose to it. You're you're trying mm -hmm. to solve a problem. You want a bit a certain kind of information, right? But yeah. on the other hand, it has to be maybe engaging is a better word, but I even think entertaining. I mean, it mm -hmm. has to connect with you on some human and emotional level. Yep. Right. If it's if it's boring, dry, hard to follow, confusing, it's just not going to work. Right. Even if there's a lot of good information in there, you have yep. to have that emotional connection with with the audience, with the reader That's in right. order to really get the best return on the investment. That's right. And so I would think I mean, we talked about the design plays a big role there and just the le the, the line by line, sentence by sentence writing. Being, and that and that's a whole other thing that we could talk about. I mean, we're we're we've already gone nearly nearly forty minutes, so we won't. But I mean, oh my goodness gracious, I can't even believe it. I know I don't even know. I think we're supposed to only be thirty. So well, it doesn't matter. It, it doesn't matter. It's, you know, we're we're having a good discussion. I mean, but you know, I I know as like as, as a writer, it's just that's the trick. Like it has to be well written for the audience, right? You have to really know that audience. What do they like? What's going to engage them? I think there are certain common things to that that make writing good across any kind of writing, clarity, concision, all that. But but then it depends on the audience and That's you really have to know them and be able as so so I think just like you need a professional designer, you need a professional writer to you really it, you know, can't just be anyone. You really need someone who knows how to write. That I would think. I agree and I think I, I read some stat like a while ago that was talking about how hard it is to find really good writers, right? Mm -hmm. And writers who, you know, and, and I'd like to bring someone on our staff to write, you know, because mm -hmm. it's time consuming, right? Oh, yeah. We all have, I mean, as a senior director, I'm, I'm managing the whole thing. So typically for me, I've got to take like 
three hours on a weekend, you know, where I can just hole up to write, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I know that, that, that that's one of the challenges with eBooks and, and why maybe some people might find it easier to do short blog posts and then put them all into an ebook. Right. But I do, I just feel like content's just important, right? It's important to build your brand. Yeah. And and I I mean, I think too, that's why there are a lot of ebooks, blogs, any kind of written material that just aren't that good because they're not that well-written. And it doesn't even mean that they're, they're, it doesn't even mean that the writing is horrible or sucks. It just means it might be just a little dry, nothing special. Well, and you know, we, we went out and looked at a blogging firm, right? They're, they're out there, right? And they try to do a good job, but at the end of the day, they just don't know your business. So it's really hard because it took us so long to try to get it to the point where I wasn't having to rewrite everything. Yeah. Right. And finally, we were just like, you know what? We're just going to bring it in house because it just is. It's not worth it. It's not it. worth it, right? It's taking as much time for me to rewrite what they wrote than just do my right. own. Well, right. Well, that's a whole other thing too, right? I mean, I didn't even ask this question, but you kind of brought it up. Like, is it? Does it? You know, an ebook? Can you farm that out, or or do you really kind of have to do it in house? And I'm sure it depends on exactly the situation, but I think I'm with you. I mean especially if you want it to be in your unique voice and not just be a more generic kind of product. I think it has to be in-house at least big chunks of it. Right. Or else it's going to be kind of, it's going to be kind of generic otherwise. And unless you want to spend 20, $30,000 on an ebook for a company to get to know you, to interview everyone, to do the research, to do the, what, you know, I mean, it's a $20,000 thing. And, um, you know, and I, I just think content is so important that having it in-house is, is a good idea. Yeah. Okay. Well, so much more we could we could talk about, but I've taken enough of your time already. So thank you so much for your time so and much. for really... a great discussion. Really interesting topic. Thank you. I really, really enjoyed our discussion. I'll look forward to chatting soon. I appreciate it. That's it for this episode of Engage Your Tribe. You can subscribe anywhere you get podcasts on any podcast app. And while you're at it, you might as well give the show five stars and leave an over-the-top comment about how much you love the podcast. Engage Your Tribe is brought to you by Conversa Podcasting. Check us out at conversa.com, that's Conversa with two N's, to learn more about how we help B2B brand start podcasts to connect through conversation with the buyers and decision makers they need to get to know to grow their business. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.